Go in the red, go in the red. Just me and old Zach, we're now in the red. Sitting in the red. <clears throat> That'll be the B-side for your PV boat song. Oh, yeah, the PV boat song. <laughs> uh, we do need some PV-ish merch. Oh, okay, yeah. So I've been sketching some things. Uh-oh, he's getting so, sketchy. Getting sketchy. Oh, so, what's up, everyone? Yeah. Episode Hi, everybody. Uh, 35. 35, man. We can now officially run for president. In the United <laughs> Wait, States of America. Said, I thought we already No, did I said I said at 30, episode 30, five weeks ago, in five weeks, we'll be able to run for president. Now oh, we're okay. here. We've made it. <clears throat> Look at you remembering stuff. <sighs> I know. I know. What's, I, uh, well, yeah, what's, what's up? What's up? What's happening? Man, uh, so this week I had Jesse, uh, Jesse Rue. Uh, nice. He makes... He makes rude tech pedals. See? Nice. See nice. Um, but he's going to be my first like hire. Cool. And so he's come to the garage and has been um, learning the processes and starting to put stuff together with me. And it's been so much help. It's, in, it's incredible. Beautiful. So, yes. Can't wait to meet him. Yeah. He's a good guy. Nice. Well, that's fun. So that was your, uh, that was your whole week, huh? Well, that and then like a lunatic because... Matthew Timmons at Novo plays Destiny. Oh, on I, heard the Xbox. <laughs> I heard about this. I heard about. I was like, I want to play with with Matthew because I know eventually they'll have PlayStation can play with. Xbox. And it's because I won't. I won't play with you. Apparently. Well, <laughs> well, I mean, I just I just want to play with him. And then I I, I heard that there was going to be some Xboxes online at GameStop, and right. of course they sold out immediately. And I just happened to be googling Xbox whatever. And somewhere at Target, so I got the Series S, which is like the the entry level, next gen, whatever. But you know, it was normal retail price. I didn't have to pay a huge markup. I just had to drive yep. to Murfreesboro to pick it Ugh. up. But I got one, and now uh, that's like an hour from you. Night. Yeah, but we played last night, and it was so much fun. I I have missed playing with. Well, with damn it! Now team. I feel left out. You know what? We should have no. Okay, here's what should have happened because two of the three people have PlayStation fives. We should have made Matthew buy a PlayStation five. <laughs> Because I'm not going to go buy an Xbox, so now I can't play with you guys. Well, we'll figure it out. We'll we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get a different game. You, yeah, because can we not? I don't like Destiny. I've I've decided I don't like it. It it's not for everybody. Anyway, how was your week? Oh God, um, got got my second shot on Wednesday. Uh. Um, I was supposed to get it on Monday, but uh, I I got it was down at Mercedes Benz Stadium downtown Atlanta, the giant mm-hmm. stadium down there. And I got my first shot down there and it was weird, man. It was like, you ever seen the movie contagion? Yeah. Yeah. That was the one time during this whole pandemic where I actually felt like we were at in contagion. Cause you're in this big stadium and it's like set up. There's lines. There's, there's, Oh God. Oh no. Oh no. Everyone relax. Um, there's national guard officers everywhere, like with rifles and in BDUs. And the, the person that gave me my shot was like an army medic. It was very dystopian kind of feeling kind of, yeah. but everyone was super nice. Um, but it was eerie. So I went back on Wednesday to get my second shot and could not get into the stadium. There was a line of traffic wrapped around like the Georgia world Congress center. And I sat in line for 45 minutes and didn't move for 45 oh minutes, gosh. missed my appointment. And I just said, okay, screw this. So I had to reschedule it. Um, felt like crap yesterday. Uh, and now I feel fine today. So nice. When I, when I, when I went and got my first shot, 
uh, it was at like some college thing nearby here. But when I was getting close to like the tent, because you're driving through and they just go, um, there was a woman with a Hydra shirt on <laughs> and she like filled out my card. And I was like, I like your Hydra shirt. And she went, Hail Hydra. <laughs> I was like, this like, is a little disconcerting. Yeah, I don't like that. But yeah, it's all right. I don't know. So yeah, that happened. And then um, I made a video for JHS. It's going to go on their channel next week. We are uh, actually, well, when this airs, it'll be this Friday. Um, I'm nice. guest hosting the JHS show, which is cool. Nice. And uh, our house appraised. So that's good. Nice. Looks like we are on a, a clear path to closing on May 6th. So that's that's like soon i know that's so soon i'm, I'm pumped man i'm really pumped it's like we don't have soon. any furniture or anything um <laughs> remember what i told you it's like you you think oh this will be great and then you move in you're like oh i don't own it anything. i don't we have because the house we lived in before we moved here was like a thousand square foot duplex and we loved it it was a great little place um and so we have a couch we have a credenza uh-huh and two mattresses and then all my all my oh my god okay i'm gonna take this pop filter off because it's the second time i've hit this mic you have um, a bed right yeah yeah, yeah. we've got like that okay. kind of stuff but i legitimately have more guitar gear and amps and everything than we have furniture <laughs> right so yeah it's like you think oh we need a you know end tables and something by the door to put our keys on and TV stand and all it's just like it adds up so quickly. <laughs> Mendoza in the chat says, Rhett, do you have more fuzz pedals or furniture? <laughs> Definitely more fuzz pedals by like a factor of two. It's a rhetorical question. Yeah, of course I have more fuzz pedals and furniture. Uh oh yeah. And by the way, shout out to our Patreon chat today. Yes. Welcome, everyone. It's been uh it's been good. I, I've been trying to be more diligent about putting stuff on patreon and stuff thankfully like working with jesse has been it's funny because i mean i'm sure you know this and this is a a proven fact that when you're working with other people you tend to work harder um so i've been more nose to the grindstone than I, i i usually am because he's there he's working i'm working and so i'm not even like we're just listening to music i'm not watching youtube i'm not on instagram i'm just yep just working but yesterday he was working and I took a picture and posted on Instagram and I was like, Oh man, like I, I can finally do this. I don't have to be like, you know, making it look like I'm working, you know, and take a picture. It, it's starting to dawn on me how stupid I've been for not doing this. <laughs> Dude, I've been the same way. It's uh, my assistant. Chris is coming by today. We're going to work on a video with Joey Landreth actually. Um, oh snap. And he was here the other day helping me work on that video for the JHS channel. And I had the same kind of thing where I was like, done shooting a segment handed him off the thing to go edit and i was just kind of sitting in here like i don't i don't know what to do right now like I, right it's getting done but i feel like i still need to be working but i don't have anything to work on right now yeah that that's been the hardest thing for me is i have to plan ahead because you know if he's if he gets done with whatever i give him and i haven't thought of the next thing to do then he's just going to be sitting there and i don't want that but Matthew told me when we, when we were talking about hiring and all this stuff, he said, you know, by getting one person doesn't fix anything. <laughs> he <laughs> right. said, you know, it, it, you'll get more done, sure, but you're still working probably the same amount. So you really have to have like three people. I can't before, do that right now. Well, not yet, but before no. like, I think when he's talking about like me and production and like, yeah. Yeah. you know, saying, hey, you solder all these foot switches. Hey, you fill all these enclosures. Hey, you like 
pack all these pedals. You know, that's the way I'm actually going to get time. But even talking to like Dennis, you know, he's still doing all that too. And, and I, I was talking to Matthew last night about, you know, Jesse is not as fast as I am yet because I've been making these pedals for years and I know exactly how I do it and how to do it as quickly as possible. But he said when Dennis, when they hire someone to do a job at Novo, Dennis says, well, can he do it this fast? And Matthew's like, that's how fast you do it. And you've been doing this 25 years. So no, he no. can't do it that fast. <laughs> Actually, a buddy of mine just got hired over there. Matt Knowles. Nice. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Matt just got hired over there. Great guitar player. Place. Yeah, it is. It's going to be a jolly meant for have to have uh, Mythos over there. Oh, man. All right. You want to dip a rig? Yeah, I picked one out. So let me download the picture. This one's this one's different uh, in a good way. It's it's kind of breaking the rules because there's a lot of guitars here, but I think it's worth it. So take me there. I'll take you there. There we go. <laughs> Boom. So this is still loading. Still loading. Let me prioritize my internet. Oh, there it goes. Still loading. All right. What the hell? You see anybody else see this? No, I don't see it yet. You don't see it? No. I see two squares running around each other. Wait, can other people in the chat see this? They can see it. What the hell? Oh, there we go. I had to click on it. Whoa. (laughs) Is that an LED strip on the cabinet? I think so. Wow. So. This is from Mr. Mike Soltoff. A lot of wacky guitars that I, I'm, I'm a fan of, and he has a really simple like amplifier setup. So basically what we've got here is a 2020 Walsh Doxa, Doxa cool. made by Drew Walsh, Walsh Guitars, um, the roasted basswood body. Basswood? Basswood? Basswood. Basswood. Okay. Yeah. Uh, 24-inch scale neck, bare knuckle pickup. Uh, a Squire Supersonic crafted in Japan, the old one, the 97. Yeah, so that's like that's the cool. Vista series. Yeah. Those are killer guitars. So cool. Um, a 2005, and this is the funky one, Yamaha EGV-103C that has like a strat neck on it. And have, have you ever seen one of those? No, it looks kind of like the Iceman, um, the Ibanez Iceman. So these, Yam- these Yamahas, are it's an old design. I think they originally came out Oh, I want to say in the late 60s, maybe in the 70s, uh, or maybe it was the 80s. I don't know when it came out. <laughs> yeah, it could have I'll, been any time between 1948 <laughs> and 2020, somewhere in there. I'll, I'll look it up and put it on the screen here. <laughs> but uh, it's it's this wacky guitar. Some people call them uh, the samurai guitar. Okay. Um, and they had, the originals have like a banana headstock. Kind of, it kind of looks like a Parker fly headstock. Different. Weird. Uh, but they're they're funky shapes. It's a funky um, shape. He has a 2020 Fano Omnis SP6, Beautiful. which is like the Les Paul with the Tele setup, and then an Arden Luthery, Luthery, uh, Parlor Acoustic. Nice. But down on the floor, he's got a Line Six Podgo and a Laney LFR 112 FRFR cab that's nice. got like an LED strip LED strip on it. And it's just like <laughs> lit up and cool. So, what do you think of this? Man, this is an interesting rig. Very yeah. interesting. Props for the Fano. Uh, yes. The SP6 is a really great design. So if you're not familiar and you're listening in audio world, the SP6 is like a Les Paul Jr. body, slab body, but yeah. with a Tele bridge, P90 neck, and a Tele control plate. Mm-hmm. One of Dennis's 
more more like straight ahead designs actually i think yeah um, it, it's got like a les paul special pick guard but yeah it just it's a marriage of a special and a, and a telly it's cool it's cool yeah. also props for the racing stripes on uh on all three guitars <laughs> in the wall there it's cool yeah it's a theme <laughs> there and i'm like i'm guessing they're left-handed no uh so the the supersonic uh, all three of those have reverse headstocks on them uh-huh so the the what? supersonic the vista series the one on the far left the silver one that the idea was i think that it was a left-handed guitar flipped for a righty because mm. even the toggle switch is upside down on those right um, like from the from the factory uh um, weird and i think omar when he was in uh Omar Rodriguez Lopez, when he was in at the drive-in, he played one but flipped lefty, so it looked more normal. Normal, right? Uh, but yeah, they're they're really cool guitars. Uh, Squire makes one now. The Fender made like Squire originally made them in the Vista series, which are great guitars made in Japan. And then Fender made some with the Pawn Shop series. Nice. And those have just gone through the roof. They're so expensive now. And now Squire makes these as a cheaper one. I, or they were, but I really like those guitars and the Walsh is obviously some sort of derivative of that as well. Um, but yeah, what, what do you think about this, this arsenal and, and then with the line six pod go, like, what are your thoughts? Well, the pod goes great. I, I have a pod go and actually just released, uh, some pod go presets. Shameless plug. Link um, in the description below link in the description. I need to pay my pay for this house. So please buy my presets. <laughs> um, and it's great, man. The, the pod go is, you know, it's the same algorithm, the same software and everything that comes in all the Helix family stuff. Um, it is a little hamstrung in that, like, you can't really move blocks around and it doesn't have a ton of DSP, but it sounds good. And, um, you know, it's a it's a viable solution. I, I probably wouldn't gig with one personally, mm-hmm. um, but I could see, I think it would be a good gigging tool for a lot of people, especially if you're playing like bars or, or weddings or things like that. You know, you need something easy. Uh, it does a cool, a few sounds really easily. It's got everything integrated in one pedal board. So plus I know they've sold a, an ungodly amount of those things, <laughs> you know, man, the, I, I, I updated the, the HX stomp. <clears throat> oh yeah. 3.1 release. just came yeah. out. I need to update mine. And it says there's a new amp. I, I couldn't find it. I, maybe the orange? I think it's like a rocker verb or something like that. It, uh, maybe I'm an idiot, but I, I couldn't find it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, here lately, when I've been editing the last pass of the video podcast, uh, you know, for us, I'll sit and play the guitar through that, just through my 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 desk. And um, man, I love that thing. It's just great. For, you know, plunking around and... and uh, just making cool patches. I just, it's so good. So yeah, I'm, I'm like fully a believer in all the line six stuff now. So. By the way, um, shout out to, to Matt from, from line six, the uh, artist relations guy. He's a fan of the pod. He sent me a text this week. Uh, how much would it cost for us to do an entire episode in our uh, alter egos, our, our redneck alter egos? And I told him it's $25,000 a piece <laughs> for me and Zach. So that's an open hey. offer. If Line 6 hey. slash Yamaha, you want to cut us a check, I will sell out and do an entire episode in my white trash voice. For I just want I want one of those guitars I made for Chris Buck. Um, oh, the, the, uh, the Revstar? Yeah, Revstar P90 thing. You know, those are, yeah, but people don't, don't really talk about those guitars enough. I think they're, they're overlooked. Cool. 
they're very cool. But his was like his was like a custom shop one with like Duncan Antiquities and the gold finish. And mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just really I, I'm really into gold guitars. So, but anyway, uh, what sh- do you want to rate? Of, this? Oh, uh, oh, well, Jared James Nichols has uh, the gold top. You know what is he yes. called that uh, old, old glory? glory. Yeah. yeah, yeah, those look really sweet. Um, all right, I'm gonna give this rig seven point three shoils. Oh, there's a different picture I'm looking at here. There's at a new one, but it's, yeah, yeah, it's same. Okay, um, love the Fano, love the Parlor guitar. We didn't really talk about that, but Parlor mm-hmm. acoustics are sweet. Um, yes, not a huge fan of the shapes, if I'm honest. Uh, on the uh, on the top I thought- three, there. I They're thought little, you might not like <laughs> just a little, the proportions are a little wrong for me. Um, and that's the thing, like offset guitars are really hard to design well, where the proportions look right. And it doesn't look like a blob. These yeah. to me have sort of a blob feel, uh, but props for the racing stripes on all three. The colors look really nice. Um, there's a consistent aesthetic. And for some, we've seen a pod go on the, uh, on the pod. Yes. So so what'd you give it? Seven point seven three. Seven three, cool. See, I I I I figured you wouldn't be crazy about the the body shapes. Yeah. But to me, it's like uh Mike, is is that his name, right? Uh he's yeah, Mike. So he's he's found his his thing and this is what he likes. Yep. And he's going for it. And I love that because that's yeah. that's kind of how I am. So right. um I think I want to give this a solid eight. I mean, nice. I would like to see a tube amp uh, yep. just to have, but f- as far as like, you know, one of our criteria for this, a gigable rig, this is gigable and you Very have all, gig-able. I mean, everything, uh, every pickup variety, humbucker, strat, telly, p is all here. So. And, and that pod go makes a, a pretty decent effects processor. You can, yeah. you can dial in some effects, bypass the speaker processing and just use the amp block as like a preamp. And that could be like a preamp drive kind of pedal. Um, yes. So yeah. The pod goes super versatile. just like all the, the helix stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And on parlor guitars, just real quick. Do you like silk and steel strings? Cause that's what I like on them. Silk and steel strings. What do you mean? It's it it's the old school parlor string, so it's a real light gauge string, but they're wrapped in silk. Uh, have a it's like the pre elixir. <laughs> oh, I don't know string. about those. Yeah, yeah, that's like um, traditionally what they came with uh, back in the day. It's 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 like a, it's just got a soft feel, and they they're kind of a duller sound, but it works for the little body. Right. Um, uh, yeah, I that's what I go for. I used to have a little Martin. Uh, like a single O fifteen thing that uh, I kept silk and steel on it and loved it. Loved silk it. and steel sounds like a super bougie hipster restaurant in East Nashville. It sounds like a really bad Marvel comic book. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like this is something that we all need to address as a as a society. Here is we need to stop naming restaurants with two names because there's <laughs> they're all over the place uh, and milk they and all, honey and milk and honey. Like there's one in East Nat, and they're all really good. At least the ones I've been to, <laughs> they're all really good. Um, there's like milk and honey. There's another one in East Nashville that's like something. There's one up here called Branch and Barrel. Like, okay, we get it. It's the boho chic kind of like, oh, we're super rich, but we live in a farmhouse kind of vibe. <laughs> right. We, we have to deal with mice. Yeah, I don't. I'm not into that. You know, but the sure. food's really good. So let's let's go with. Again, um, second time in as many weeks that we've brought up Sean Brock, but like Husk, 
mm-hmm. Joyland, the Continental. Come on, yeah. Name yeah. your restaurants. Their names. Their names. Joyland. <laughs> Joyland is like that's perfect. You know? Joyland. It's great. It's so good. Oh man, we we um we went out for Saturday is like the day, is my day off day, and we we always try to go out for lunch, and we went to East, and. We're going to get Edley's barbecue, which is fine. You know, it's not our favorite thing, but we haven't had it in a while. So, you know, it's neither here nor there, but we parked behind Joyland and wait, 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 already... wait, 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 hold on. What's you that? parked behind Joyland. Well, that's the, there's a parking lot. There's a parking I know, lot. There. I know there's a parking lot there, but I'm saying you parked, you were like, you walked past Joyland to go to Ed, Edley's. Well, we were behind it, but. I mean, we, we'd already had like, we'd already decided we were getting barbecue. <laughs> oh, God. So Sad. I eat a lot of hamburgers, so I can't. Uh, yeah, like, but you don't have to eat a hamburger at Joyland. Yeah, well, I that or fried chicken. So. <laughs> What'd you eat at Edley's? Uh, this pork. Pulled pork? Okay, yeah. fine. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, I didn't go to like get the chicken at Edley's, no. <laughs> okay, for anyone, if you're ever traveling through, um, we're going to put on our elitists our elitist hats here. Oh, here um, it comes. Edley's in the in the tier of barbecue. Okay. You have the spectrum, the scale of barbecue. If you're ever in Nashville, if you're ever traveling through Nashville, you're doing uh, you know, there's gonna be a lot of tourism kicking back up this summer. It's gonna be a, a white hot summer. A lot of a <laughs> lot of tourists going to Nashville. As a public service announcement, if you're going to Nashville, there's there's better places to eat barbecue than than Edley's. If you're if you're strolling down 12 South and you're doing the uh, the the Nashville tourist thing, right? You go to Jenny's Ice Cream, you go to whatever that shop is that Reese Witherspoon has down there. Um, just, just maybe skip past Edley's. It's not yeah, not it, great. It's not my favorite. It's just one of those things. It's like it's one of those places that's there, and we just it's like we because we want we like what what's your favorite place in Nashville to get barbecue? Um. Peg leg porker is pretty good. It's consistent. It's consistent. Um, I like Martin's. Martin's is pretty Martin's good. is pretty good. Yeah, Martin's is is solid. What's the place? It's it's like right near downtown. It's near um, it's near Third and Lindsley. That's uh, a big place. I can't remember. That's the name pr- of it. I think that's like Martin's is. There's a Martin's near downtown. That's like yeah, maybe it is Martin's. I'm thinking of. It's like a big. There's like an upstairs, like a patio area. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's uh, pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, Edley's, I feel like Edley's isn't as good as it used to be, but Edley's is the Applebee's of barbecue. It's not. No, it's not that. That's like Wits. Wits is like the Applebee's of barbecue. Uh -uh. No, Edley's is like Applebee's. It's like, okay, it's consistent. It's here. We know what we're going to get. You know, (sighs) I think it's a little better than that. (laughs) (laughs) Applebee's is not bad. It's not good. Yes, it is. It's not. When was the last time you went to Applebee's? (laughs) You know, ironically, I know the exact date. (laughs) July 3rd, 2019 is the last time I ate at Applebee's. That's more recent than I thought. Right outside of St. Louis, Missouri. And it was one of those things like I was on the road with Noah. We got rained out at a gig because that was the summer where we got rained out like seven or eight shows in a row. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, we were just pissed off that we drove 10 hours to play two songs. And so and it was day before July 4th. And we were just like, all right, was screw it. We're going to Applebee's. Did you get You know what? I had a I had a. Uh, like a 15 inch tall beer and I had a Southwestern burger. That was, that was good. You know what, Zach? Yeah. It was good. It was a okay. good burger. Okay. You know, and it was like $15 and it was fine. I, I, 
<clears throat> like I think the thing about every restaurant is there are exceptions to the consensus. Like like I I have gone to fast food that's like normally most people would think oh it's pretty bad, but I'm desperate and I'm hungry, and you right. go to a place and it's like oh that, that actually was pretty good. Yeah. So sometimes you yeah. know Applebee's can do it right. Yeah. That's the thing. Most, most of the time, not. <laughs> Applebee's doesn't have cooks. They have microwaves. Yeah, well, you know what? You know what? I've got a microwave at home, too. And sometimes I cook my dinner in the microwave. All right? It's fine. Is it great? No. But is it trash? No. It's Maybe. two steps above trash. That's right. Yeah. Anyway. What were we talking about? Oh, uh, barbecue. The fact that you walked past a Sean Brock no, I didn't walk past. It. I was behind it. I couldn't walk yeah, past. I something know that what. I'm behind. I know what you're I talking about. I know the. the no, I know the parking lot you're talking about. I know I've parked there. You walked past Joyland. But we had like had we, burgers we yesterday. Leave me alone. We have to move on from this. People are going to get mad because we're we're not getting to the topic soon enough. <laughs> we're we're doing really well in time. Usually we're not even done <laughs> dipping a rig by 25 yeah. minutes in. No. Oh Jesus. Okay. What's uh? What are we talking about today? So I think what what you told me, I don't know why you're asking me. Well, is because that, it's this it's interplay, Zach. It's so that we can play off of one another and it makes the show more entertaining. That's why I'm uh, asking you. Okay. <laughs> this is called podcasting. <sighs> ever heard of it? Yeah, yeah, I have, but I never listened to them apart from ours, so I don't <laughs> yeah, know. That's true. Uh we're gonna talk about selling guitars, like what to yeah. consider, do's and don'ts, uh, dealing with the, the the immense regret you have. Once should you, you sell your up. guitars? Yeah. Or or anything. We should talk or anything. Plan. Pedals. Yeah. yeah. Amps. Amps. Strings. Cables. Use your, strings. Uh, Coily cables. Uh, Patch cables. Pickups. Pickups. Pick guards. Picks. Yeah. Pick guard screws. Should you sell it? <laughs> there you go. Okay. Here's the thumbnail, right? Should you sell it? Who? <laughs> Who? <laughs> Or we just be like, oh my god, what? Um, yeah, no, this is a, a good topic because this is something I think about all the time. It's yeah. th- there's always that itch. Now, you and I are very different, and this is why it's going to be a good topic. You seem to sell stuff a lot. You've you've kind of rotated. You have you have somewhat of a revolving door when it comes to gear. Yeah, I am kind of a hoarder. I will hold on to something even though I haven't played it in over a year, a year and a half. My Blues Junior is a perfect example. I've not turned that amp on in two years, but I don't want to sell it. <laughs> yeah, J- Joe Bonamassa calls it uh, his gear black hole because things go in, but they never come out. Yeah. So I think, yeah. Uh, so I, I'm definitely not like that. Any, not, there, there are things in my collection, like my Novo behind me here, um, that I never think I will sell. You know, I mean, obviously I don't want to sell it, but... But everything else, uh, there will be a, uh, I have feelings like I could let this go. You know, this is not that important to me. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important to know when that's a real feeling and when you're just jonesing for something new, when that, when that gas itch is like tickling and you're like, I want this thing. Okay. What could I, that to me is a big red flag where like, oh my God, I got that. Cause I've been burned by this many times. Uh, I think I want a new overdrive pedal. I want a new overdrive. Okay, cool. What can I sell? Uh, yeah. I haven't used that in a couple weeks. Let me put that on reverb and I've, I sell three or four pedals and go buy one new overdrive and then think like, Oh damn it. I wish I still had that thing. Right. I, that's why for me, whenever I get new gear, maybe we should start here. Like that. Cause I feel like it, it's, there's like two schools of thought. Some people 
I mean, it, it, may, it very well depends on your financial situation. Yeah. But a lot of people will sell stuff before they get the new thing. And then some people will say they'll sell the thing after they get the new thing. And if you're like me, then you just never do. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but I, I prefer to at least have the new thing to know for sure if I even like something. But, but I know a lot of people, they just, they, like, I have some friends that buy and sell guitars. It seems like weekly. Yeah. And I, I, I don't think that's a good way to go about approaching, ha- trying stuff because sometimes instruments take time or it pedals, amps, everything. You have to get to know it. Um, exactly. And, and, yeah. and you know me, like I get a new pedal and I'm like, I don't like it. <laughs> and <laughs> Zach's and decide, knee jerk reaction to everything is, I don't like it. As, no, no. I, as, I don't like it. And no. then you give him a week and he's like, that's pretty good. No, pretty like good. not everything. Like I, and I think some people based off the podcast think that, but because the B-Tronics pedal, like I, it took me a second, right? But you I got did that, that with the HX Stomp too. When you first got the Stomp, you're like, I don't know, man. I don't yeah. like it. Now you just got done saying how much you love it. Well, that took time. Uh, that's a little more complicated than like a fuzz pedal, but I was uh, appalled. I was appalled when you sent me. He, so you you bought the Royal Jelly, the Beatronics Royal Jelly, and uh, you're like, I, not, I don't like it. It's not doing the thing for me. I was like, all right, send it to me. I have I already have one, but I'll take a second one. I like that pedal so much. I'll take another one. I've uh, put our relationship on the rock. Yeah, but I got that Philly fuzz uh, uh, from John from Baroness and. Like immediately, I was like, "This is perfect. I love it." You know, so like, I'm not. Everything isn't immediate. And now are you have an opposite reaction where you're like, "I don't know." I don't <laughs> no, like no, no. So okay, <laughs> I, 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 how do we like? Where okay. do we start with this conversation? <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> so here's here's my theory. When it comes to selling gear, my rule is never sell gear to make a lateral move. You always sure. make a step forward. So the most recent example of this for me was when I bought the Vox last year, last December. I That amp was $4,000. Um, we couldn't spend $4,000 on an amp, but that was an opportunity that presented itself that doesn't come around every year even. And so I was like, okay, I need to, I need to move some stuff on. Um, so I sold some gear that I've bought over the years i sold some gear that was given to me for videos and things like that um and and got it on but even selling the gear like uh, so i had a a kemper stage i have a kemper right but i was like really really debating on whether or not to sell the kemper stage because it's like well it's a really you know it's a useful piece of gear i might i debated on it for like a week probably um before i moved it on and so that's my thing. It's like if you're going to sell something, especially big ticket things like you're a guitar or an amp or something like that, a, a Kemper stage, whatever it is, you always want to do it in service of getting something bigger and better. Well, what if, because usually for me, I mean, I definitely get gas. I get gas for guitars and stuff. All, I mean, often, but usually when I go to sell something, it's not because... I'm trying to get something new necessarily, but because I fall out of love with it. Mm. And that happens to me more often than I, maybe most people. Like I had that 54 reissue Les Paul, the the Oxblood one. Yep. Great guitar, sounded great. I, I just, it took me time to realize it wasn't really for me. The neck shape was wrong. It, it sounded awesome, but I just 
didn't really play it because of how uncomfortable it was. And that's kind of what's happened with the Schecter. I think it sounds amazing. It is easy to play, but the neck width, it wears my hand out. Mm. So me trying to use that guitar to its full potential is not going to happen because of my handicap and the guitar. It's just not right for me. Um, And I don't, I mean, I would love to get another shredder guitar, heavy guitar, but I, I'm not, if I sell it, it, which it's up for sale right now, I, I don't really care to get another one. I'm just wanting to recoup my losses and eventually try something else. Well, so this is the interesting point too. I've had this discussion with Ben Calhoun from Righteous Guitars, which is Ben says there's two types of players. There's there's players that are not sensitive at all to a guitar's weight, shape, size, neck shape, whatever. They can kind of just pick up anything and play. Yeah. Um, which is kind of where I fall. I mean, all, I'm looking at my rack of guitars behind the camera here and every single one of them, even the Novos, they have a different neck shape, different pickup combination. I've two strats over here that are completely different and I can, I can play both of them and I enjoy playing both of them. I don't, the, unless it's something that's like way out of my comfort zone, like a super thin neck or something. Um, I can right. pick it up no matter the weight, the body shape, the neck shape, whatever, and, and, and play it and enjoy playing it. Whereas other people like Ben says, this is how he is. He's very, very sensitive. He likes a specific neck shape. He likes a specific type of body. The guitar has to sit in a specific place for him in order for him to like really connect with it. And it sounds like that's what you're describing. Yeah. I, I, I put everything under a microscope just anyway. Um, but if if it doesn't feel right and and I I get excited like everybody when there's a new piece of gear involved and I I just, I want to have it because like, Oh, this is cool. And I have this idea in my brain, but then after, you know, after I live with it, I start to realize it's not for me because Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, I have, a legitimate excuse because of my hand, but even still, there's certain things about guitars that really can irk me. Right. Um, and, and sometimes I, I, I can fix it. Like the, uh, my Solus mm-hmm. love the Solus, but Novo uses 500 K pots for almost everything. Right. And ha- being a single, uh, telly bridge pickup, it, it makes it pretty bright, even though it's a, it's a hot pickup. I wanted it a little more mellow, especially going through the two rock, which is, clear and can be bright so i ripped it open and rewired it but but now it's like even more what i want and it's you know that that i i my favorite thing about gear is going on a journey with it and even if it i don't end up necessarily where i want to be i I love that experience modding and guitar even if i sell it down the road and never recoup my cost and you never do it's just fun for me. That's that's entertainment. That's me mm. going to the movies. That's me, you know, reading a book, spending time on a bench, like m- monkeying with a guitar is is how I like to spend my free time. Yeah, I I'm not that way at all. I kind of yeah. just take a guitar and just accept it for what it is. I mean, I, I will swap. I've swapped pickups and stuff before, just as an experiment, you know. Um, but again, I guess I and I've never really thought about this before, but I guess I just tend to accept a guitar or a pedal or an amp or whatever for what it is and just kind of play it for what it is because to me a guitar and an amp all this gear is just a tool it's a tool for a job right and so i 
pick a guitar or pick an amp because of its properties as a tool and what I feel it can accomplish for me, right? So yeah, my ES-335 does a different thing than my Les Paul. And I play that guitar differently. I, even when I never had a Les Paul, the 335 was my only like, you know, Gibson humbucker style guitar. I never tried to mod it or swap it out or do anything that would make it more Les Paul-y. I just figured like, okay, well, eventually I'll have a Les Paul and that'll do my Les Paul thing. The American Pro 2 Strat that uh, Fender sent me last year, it's super modern in terms of features and, and feel compared to the rest of my guitars. And I like it for that. I don't feel the need to change anything on it because it's like, okay, that's the character of that guitar. That's what it does well. And so whenever I feel like I need that tool for whatever that does, then I'll grab that guitar. Um, right. Same thing with amps. It's like, yeah, you can get into speaker swapping. And I've done that stuff. Like with my tweed, I've, I've swapped a speaker um, because I didn't like the initial speaker that it came with. And I felt that it was kind of holding that amplifier back. But yeah, once I found the Alnico Blue, it's like, okay, cool. Now I, I know I like Alnico Blues, so that's typically what I go for with a thing like that. And sure, yeah, that's the amp. That's the sound. Whenever I want that sound, the Tweed Deluxe with an Alnico Blue, I have that tool for that job. Right. Yeah, I, I, I like my guitars to... I mean, all my guitars are fairly similar, you know. Not, not, not exactly, but the Solus is kind of an outlier. Everything else is P90 humbucker... Sh- shorter scale length kind of uh the novos the saris isn't but you know it's a dual humbucker wrap tail it's like I, I i know where i i live and where i feel comfortable so i don't like to venture too far out of my comfort zone yeah but but yeah i'm i'm just i the the saris tcs i i, I don't need to change it and yeah. that that's great but also it kind of bums me out because <laughs> i like i just like changing things but when it comes to selling things there's a couple things to consider you got to consider how to price it and where to sell it Mm -hmm. so when you do sell things how do you go about that what what is the the easiest and and least involved process possible i don't want to have to talk with anybody i don't want to have to go meet some dude somewhere in some parking lot to exchange cash for a guitar i've uh, i've done that stuff before and i hate it so yeah. i dude reverbs listing a percentage they could charge me 15 percent, and i wouldn't care i just use oh. reverb I, I don't care and that's not a sponsored thing at all we don't have any relationship with reverb that's just typically what i do because it's easy it's on my phone and just snap some pictures throw it up there and be done with it how do you research prices because i know how i do it i don't um. <laughs> You just, don't. I just look at whatever re- like reverb says it's worth in this range, and I just price it somewhere in that range. Yeah. So if if you don't know reverb, when you go to list things, it, it usually if you, if you put in what the specific item is, if it knows if there's been that item sold on there, it'll give you a price range. It also has a price guide, um, which is a little bit harder to find. I'm sure you can just type into Google like reverb price guide and can find right. it. But the price guide now is really horrible really um yeah they 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 redid it a few years ago because it used to be i i don't know I, I don't know why it changed but before i feel like you could you could type you could type gibson les paul r9 and it would mm-hmm. pull up every r9 if that was the title of the listing 
Right. But now it pulls up R9s and 1959s, R8s, you know, like it pulls up everything. all these, everything. And it's just so much harder to navigate. But you can use it. Sometimes you can, if you have something pretty specific, you can find it and it'll show you what things sold for, how they fluctuated. And it's a, it's a fantastic tool when it works. Another thing I do is I use eBay and use sold listings. Interesting. People still sell stuff on eBay. I'm skeptical of eBay. I almost never buy anything off of eBay. Well, it existed way before Reverb did. I know, but there's like just a, it seems to me that there's a lot more of just riffraff on eBay. Well, the, I feel like eBay is kind of like the it's there's so many people just selling nonsense. But the thing about eBay is, and just like Reverb, you have to trust buyer and seller feedback. Mm. Um, there have been many times back in the day, I, I've, I used to use eBay a lot. Right. And if, if someone bought something and they didn't have any feedback, uh, I just wanted to talk to them. I would strike up a conversation, make sure they were cool. Or if they were selling something and they didn't have any feedback. Right. And so you kind of have to have this go between because I think when people leave feedback on these sites, most of the time it's pretty civil. Um, there can definitely be people that are harsh that'll, really drop people down a peg or two for minor things and and lower their average, you know, star rating on whatever it is. But, right. but as so far as researching prices, sometimes looking at things that are listed currently on reverb is not great because this is something we kind of talked about last week. I think reverb as a whole has just overvalued so many mm. used items. Yeah. Yeah. Like with the, the scalpers and, and everything. So yeah, but e- even then just like gently use stuff, uh, unless it's, you know, if it, if it's hard to come by, I get it. But if it's not, you know, if you just have like a used American strat, yeah, I remember when those were like 650 bucks, 700 bucks, whatever. Right. And now they're like $1,100. Like, what are you talking about? I mean, if people are paying that for them, right? Like, well, and that and is one thing I know how to know to do for reverb is like, go and look at the actual sold listings and see what people, right. what, they sold for because that's what you that's what you want to look at you don't want to look at what some some dude you know in in topeka at listed his 2014 american standard telly for thinking he was going to get like 1900 bucks for it because he paid right 2000 for it and it's in great shape like you need to see what they actually sold for um but yeah yeah i mean that that is something that most people uh, not most people. I, I think more people than the than a few years ago understand like what things are priced at and what they're selling for are not the same. Yeah. How um, often do you go on Reverb and just look at stuff? Every day. Really? Every day. Yeah. See, I, it it's like my nightly routine. When I'm I might bed. look. I might open my Reverb app once a month, maybe, yeah. and spend I, like two minutes on there. And that was like that even before I was on YouTube and and all that kind of stuff. Like, because I. I I guess well, this is the next part about, and this is tied to selling gear. It's like buying gear. Yeah. What kind of research, what kind of decision-making process is there for you when it goes into buying a piece of gear? Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, I, I, I do a lot of research on YouTube, of course. <laughs> um, but Getting influenced by us influencers. Well, I mean, you know, I, I just, I, I like to get as much information as possible. I, I, I want to know all the ins and outs, the model differences, what changed year to year on a pedal, on a guitar, on a pickup, whatever. I like to know. Um, 
because even if I'm just spending like 50, 60 bucks, I, I just, I want to know and I, I want to read reviews and I want to hear it. Um, I'm super diligent about those things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, I've, I've typically just been like, okay, a need arises for a piece of gear. Um, or, or like, man, I'd like to have this thing, whatever it is, pedal, guitar, whatever. I'll, I'll go look for it. But most of the time, if it's not in a store that I can go pick it up and play it, I'm, I'm not going to buy it usually. Um, now that's been, you know, I bought the chase bliss ZVEX fuzz collaboration, um, couple weeks ago when that came out but that's because sure. i know i like both of those companies and i wanted to get it but you know i i'm just not the type of person that spends time like looking at gear and stuff online i i've i've you know been really diligent about the stuff that i've acquired gear wise over the years and it's it meets my needs and i've got all all the things that all the tools that i want to go do the things that i need and i think for some people i'm not saying this is you i think for some people though guitar and their pursuit of guitar is less about actually playing guitar and it's more about actually the the horse trading side of it which is totally fine there's nothing 100 percent. yeah um i'm just not that person I'm, I'm not interested guitars to me especially guitars and amps um hold a lot of just sentimental value to me you know because i can look at an amp and think oh man i played that gig with that amp remember that time was, i took this on that tour like and so I, I am, I struggle to like let gear go because yeah. I've, I've built memories and experiences around that piece of gear. And to me, it holds stories and, and I don't want to, you know, let it go. So, yeah, I, I don't, I've sold prototypes and like the first of whatever. And I, I'm not really sentimental. Like uh, there are certain things like I have a Gristle King that was signed by Greg Cock and like. There's, there's things that are kind of special to me, but I, I don't get super sentimental about stuff. So like I pretty much everything can ebb and flow and I'm not, sometimes I'll regret it, but yeah, um, a lot of the people in the chat are talking about Craigslist, of course, and uh, Facebook marketplace. So as reverb and Craigslist uh, and eBay charge fees, I mean, eBay is like 10% reverb with, the listing fee and then the transaction fee, you're looking at around five, five mm-hmm. and a half, maybe 6% mm-hmm. just chopped off your, your sale. And then you got to deal with it. You got to ship it. <laughs> you yep. got to run that risk. Yep. Um, no matter what it is, I bought a pickup the other day on, on reverb and got charged full whack for priority mail, which is fine. It showed up first class mail in a bubble mailer. It was a, it was a tele pickup wrapped in bubble wrap, not, not even taped. And when I got it, it was just loose in, in like a, in a little bubble mailer. Like, did you, did you, you leave doing? that in his rating? Cause I mean, that's I'm going to, yeah, I'm that's going not to. cool. Like, yeah, it's not, not that cool. Not cool. Uh, but do, do you ever, I, I know you said you don't like, um, the whole meeting people and like I that whole thing. It. I kind of, I think it's kind of fun. Um, you know, rule of thumb, public place. Don't go to someone's house. You know, if it's an amp, I, I I don't even like, I just like, I just, you know, does it work? Can I call you and and come and get you if it doesn't work? Cause I, I, you know, I just don't, I don't want to do any of it because then it's like you open up the opportunity to like have to barter with somebody. And to me, I would, I would rather like go to the dentist than barter with somebody. 
like to sit and like haggle and argue over a price like no absolutely not i have no desire to go do that with anybody over anything i think it's it's all about when you're pricing stuff just price it fair you know, and, and, and I know all of us value our stuff and we know like I that Schecter, right? I bought it at like 600 something bucks, but then with shipping and then tax and all that, it was closer to 700. So it was mm-hmm. over $700. It was right. like 715 or something. So when I went to sell it, I priced it at eight expecting and, you know, ex- expecting to get an offer for like 725 or whatever. And then I, I lose my fee or, you know, we yeah. get close and then everybody's happy. Right. Um, but I kind of like the back and forth so long as it's not lowballing and being ridiculous. And oh, stuff. yeah. I've run into that on Reverb, too, where people just lowball. It's like insulting. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah. do you think and I'm actually Re- I'm going to go for that? Like, you just offered me 60% of my asking right. price. Like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to well, do that. And you uh, you can put on like automatic rejection of super low fees on Re- or, or low oh, offers on Reverb. Yeah, so you can kind of avoid that hassle and headache uh and that's one thing too less so with facebook marketplace and and guys in the chat are talking about how uh sometimes you can have a local facebook buy sell group there's a lot of that in nashville mm-hmm. where you know it's just dudes around town flipping gear trading gear whatever um you can probably find that next to you and just facebook marketplace in general is a good place to sell stuff you don't have to worry about fees you don't have to do any of that mm-hmm. uh, it's getting kind of squiffy on your taxes if you're earning money but you know Right. The government's not listening to this, are they? Maybe. Uh, maybe. <laughs> but um I, I like the whole like selling it to a person and, and having that experience and you know I I, I enjoy that. Yeah, so. I don't. My God, I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's cool. I mean that's that's just what's different. Now, you know, I do the the position that I'm in now is is quite a bit different being the you know guitar YouTuber guy. Um, over the last three years, I've accumulated a lot of stuff, especially pedals. Um, yeah, like I, I don't, dude. I have too many pedals, and you know, so I, I have sold some of it. What, what's the take on that? What's people? Because when I was trying to sell gear to get that um, AC30 last year, I actually reached out to RJ because the same time I was doing that, RJ did this big like blowout sale of all of his, a lot of his <laughs> pedals that he's gotten over the years. Sure. And I was like, man, do people like, do people vibe you for that? Knowing that you got the stuff like for a review and everything, like what, what's, what's the vibe on that? And he was like, no, I, I've not heard anything. People don't seem to, to, to care, but, um, no, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Like to me, if it's like, cause a lot, a lot of YouTubers, it's part of the payment. Mm. Um, you get paid to do the video and, and you usually keep the gear. I don't think that's any industry secret you know that's like um that's kind of how it goes and i feel like if you're paying someone and that's part of the thing that after they get it and they fulfill their end of the bargain making a video do posting about it whatever it is it's theirs yeah uh for me like if if i gave someone something and just said no pressure no money uh you can have it i don't want them to sell it i would rather them give it to somebody like got it you know, if, if I gave you or RJ a delay pedal and you just said, this isn't for me, I would rather you just like post, like just do a giveaway or something. And maybe yeah. we could, you know, everybody can win and some kid somewhere gets a new pedal for free. Yeah. Like that's right. awesome. But, but yeah, the, I, I understand what you're saying. 
where, you know, technically they got it for free, but RJ is earning it. I, I don't feel like he got it for free because he, he, he did something. Well, and, and the thing RJ is doing is a little different too, in that he's getting paid for the review. So he's getting paid in the, the gear. He keeps the gear and he's getting paid for the video as well. Yeah. Um, well, it's not a review. It's a demo, but the same yeah, thing yeah, as like yeah, Pete yeah. Thorne, you know? Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I'm I'm looking at knowing that we're moving in a few weeks or months or whenever the hell that's happening. I'm just looking at all this stuff and I'm like, oh my god, I don't have to box it up and pack yeah. it, gotta yeah, pack I, it, and move it. <laughs> Which ironically, I'm, if you sell it, you got to pack it up and move it anyways, you know. But so I think I can, like you know, I sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I was oh, just no, gonna no. say I've been thinking like, okay, I, w- what would I want to add to my collection because, um. I have sold gear and stuff in the past to like pay bills, you know, like I've, I've been, oh. I, was, I was there for years, like, oh man, this insurance bill's coming up and I, I need to, you know, whatever. But, um, now it's like the other thing we should talk about selling gear is typically like, I like to keep my money invested in the, I like to keep my money in the guitar world, so to speak. So like, let's say I went and sold, you know, $1,500 worth of pedals, right? I'm not going to go take that $1,500 and then go you know, on vacation with it. For me personally, I'm going to take that $1,500 and I'm going to go buy another piece of gear. Maybe a, like, I'd like another acoustic. I've got my bourgeois. It's great, but that's really the only acoustic that I have. I'd like like an OM 28 or something like that. So, you know, that way you're kind of keeping everything. You're keeping your assets kind of tied up in the same space, I think. Yeah, I don't, I don't do that. Like I, (laughs) you know, I, I, I sold those, um, those whisker buckers, the, the Billy yep. Gibbons pickups. Um, I put some throwback covers on them. You know, I basically got what I had in them. It plus the covers, you know, which those are not, those are like 120 bucks for a set of pickup right. covers. Right. Ludicrous, but I love it so much. But a guy bought that and, you know, then that to me is like, oh, that's just refilling the coffers for whatever, you know, if we need to like, you know, buy something for the house or right. you know I, that that to me it's like oh that's my fun money for whatever fun i want to have be that guitar be that mm. any video game be that right. some headphones or you know uh, renting movies or whatever like i don't necessarily have to keep it all in one space mm-hmm. but i know a lot of people are like that oh i sold a guitar so i have to get a you know new x music piece of equipment whatever right um that's, but, that's typically how i am but i think that comes from years of like using the stuff for gigging and and traveling and touring and stuff where it was like okay i had to basically set aside a certain amount of my income from being a musician to maintain my gear you know guitar setups buying cases for things like you know keeping your investments um in good condition especially your big ticket items your amps and your guitars and stuff like right amp cases every time i would buy an amp I'd have to go spend, you know, five hundred to a thousand dollars to have cases made for it if I was going to travel for that. I mean, that with that amp, it's like, so to me, I guess it's a different mindset of wanting to keep my money invested in these these tools. You know, even though now that's changed for me, but um, yeah, yeah. What do you think about? And maybe this could be something we could end with is dealing with regret and and when to not let stuff go. Yeah. Because yeah. there have been a few things in my life that I I really wish I still had that 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 little Martin that I mentioned earlier should yep. have never sold it. It was a great guitar. So I I only regret one thing 
and it was um if you go way back in my youtube channel you'll see in my rack behind me i used to have these two purple audio mc77s they were 1176 compressors and i at the time i didn't have any other kind of outboard recording gear i had the two compressors and the two distressors and that came from my time i used to have a studio with ian guthrie from noah guthrie in good trouble and um i had some of the gear he had some of the gear and then we kind of split the studio up and so i got the compressors he got you know, some other stuff um and i was like well i need to buy some mic preamps so let me sell i don't need four channels of compression i need two channels of mic preamps and two channels of compression so i'll keep the distressors and sell the mc77s i really regret selling those because they are right. some of the best sounding compressors ever especially for guitar you know so eventually i'll end up buying another pair of 1176s but it just sucks because it's like i had them i had them i didn't need right. to sell them i had them and now i got to go through the whole process again of spending the money and uh you know just a pain yeah and usually that's what happens to me with stuff that is still available uh i have owned three tim pedals over the mm -hmm. years um and i've uh, a couple Timmies as well. You know, it, pedals, I feel like if it's something that you can get your hands on, I mean, like Klons notwithstanding. I mean, well, right. there's a lot There's a lot of Klons floating around, but not necessarily for prices you can afford. But yep. like normal pedals, I've owned so many Tube Screamers. Uh, you know, like those are things that I, I always think, I'll just sell this. And a par yep. partly I think it because it's replaceable, but also because I just get bored with it. But the things I regret the most are gu some guitars. Like I had a, mm -hmm. a 1960 Les Paul reissue and then that, little martin that was it was actually kind of special and uh hard to find i'll never find another one yep uh and, and that those are the things that kind of sting mm -hmm. but i feel like if you're on the fence about stuff if if you're playing something and you legitimately love it, it unless you have to sell it you know if there's like a serious bill you're gonna get kicked out like things like that yeah i could understand letting it go but if it's just for the pursuit of more gear wait like really 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 think about it unless it's for like a really big step forward so to, sure to buy my novo my saris j i sold two guitars i had a 2001 les paul custom wine red that was a great les paul's my first les paul um and then i had a 2012 hot rod deluxe telly which is not as special. You can find those around. Yeah. But both were really great guitars. And I had a bunch of time on both guitars, like gigging them. And, and you know, they were workhorse instruments for me. And I, I really thought about it. Like, that's why I kept going back to Righteous to play that guitar. Because I was like, man, is this really worth letting two of my guitars go? Plus spending all the extra money on top of it. Um. And I decided that it was. And as a result, I don't regret selling either of those two guitars. Right. Well, and, that, and then that's the thing. You know, like I, I sold that Les Paul just because I got the R9. And I thought, well, I have this beautiful flamey guitar that is great. Yeah. But that guitar, that, that black RO was great too. And was really special to me and important. And when I, it, like it shows up in my Facebook feed for like, here was 10 years ago or whenever I got that guitar and I see it. It, it just hurts. <laughs> it just know? stings a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. I feel like you just really need to take a step back and look at stuff. The the whole like uh, Marie Kondo, does this bring you joy, whatever. Um, 
I, I kind of take that seriously, especially yeah. with, with, with little things, because like pedals, like, you know, yeah, a couple hundred bucks here and there, if you sell something or whatever, might get you something else neat. But like, you might really like that. It might just be special to you. Just don't sell it, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I used to, when we did the video last week about the um, budget overdrives and we were talking about the crayon being a BB preamp clone. I was like, oh man, that was like, I had a BB preamp. That was like one of the first nice pedals I ever bought. And I, sure. I had that thing for years and gigged it. And it was awesome. And then I don't even remember, I sold it and I don't even remember what I bought it, what I <laughs> right. got with it, right? I just sold it for something uh, on a whim. And, and I was like, it's a little thing, right? And they're around. I could go get yeah. one. I mean, shit, just order one right now, probably for less than hundred bucks. But like, mm. <laughs> hold on, let's look. BB preamp. Um, but yeah, it's like, oh man, that was a cool pedal, and and I remember gigging it. It it survived. Like, oh damn, hundred sixty eight bucks. Yeah, they're not. They're, they're oh, these are one fives. I had a version one. That's what I want. One forty five. Oh, there we go. Well, um, that, you yeah. know, I I think. Like for me, you, you just you just really have to like do a little soul searching, even on simple things. Like because more often than not, I've always regretted it. And somebody in the chat said, "Don't sell my R nine. Uh, don't sell it. Don't ever sell it." <laughs> and there, this is kind of like what you're talking about before. Don't make a lateral move. There is only there is one guitar I would sell that R nine for, and it's um, it might happen one day. Uh, Alex Sorokin would be involved um if you sell that r9 <laughs> let me have a swing at it first okay well that's another thing too that that is another thing oh um, getting it back potentially that's so honestly like this is a, this is a thing um luckily this never happened during the pandemic but tilly and i talked about you know, we, we were very fortunate that, you know, when the pandemic first hit and all my musician friends and everybody were losing gigs, I, I thought for sure, I was like, okay, we're going to start seeing some gear come up for sale. Like people are going to have to start, especially their instruments and stuff. And Tilly, this is actually originally Tilly's idea was like, why don't we set some money aside so that if there's some, some close friends or whatever that like, cause you know how it is. Everyone has they're like gear that they use and whatever, but then everyone has a handful of stuff. That's like th this Special. will always, you tie this instrument with that person. Like Phil yeah. has a 66 P bass that like every session, every gig I've ever played with Phil, he's had that bass. It's amazing. Like if Phil ever got in a position where he put that bass up for sale and I was in a position where I had the money, I would buy that from him and then just hold on to it knowing that like eventually he would get back in a position where he would buy it back yeah and so we we talked about that and luckily it it never happened people were you know making ends meet they were driving for uber or whatever but like um that's a thing if if you are having to sell something maybe there's a friend or a colleague or somebody that you know like hey i'm gonna sell this to you but on the condition that like when i can i want to be able to buy it back you know, I, I had the very first set of nice pickups I ever got were Duncan antiquities and they were older. <clears throat> uh, Seymour back in the day used to actually sign them. Some are stamped, but I had a set that I swear he had signed and they were good. They were really good. And I sold them. I, they were in a guitar that I sold to a friend and my friend was selling that guitar. And I said, Hey, I would love to get those pickups back. Can I 
I'll buy you whatever set of pickups you want to put in that guitar to sell it. I just want those back. They're, they were they were mine. They were special to me. My parents got them for me for Christmas when I was like in high school. It's, it's yep. I don't know. It's a thing. And he said, you have to buy the guitar. I was like, are you kidding me? What? Like, I'll, I'll, I'll buy you. Like, what do you want? Throwbacks? Like, I'll get them. Like, yeah. this, I want those pickups back. And he said, you have to buy the guitar. And kind of stunk. That's, uh, that's a kind of a shitty move. <laughs> like, yeah, that's it's not, not nice. <laughs> that's not nice. And that brings up somebody in the chat earlier was talking about like, what's the threshold of like money to put into a guitar for upgrades, you know, before it's not worth it anymore. And I would say in terms of resale, I would say $0. Yeah. The only guitars, thing- guitars are like cars yeah. where like, you can buy a car and you can put 10 grand into like new wheels and suspension and like all these upgrades. You you can go buy throwbacks for your Les Paul and put, you know, 50 spec wiring in it and, and spend hundreds of dollars upgrading your Les Paul. It's not going to make that guitar worth anymore. No, no you're not no. going to get that money out at all. That's why you should keep your stock parts because yeah, um, you always want to want to do that. You want to part it out. The The thing that helps more than anything is just proper maintenance, you know, like, the investment of setups and stuff. And even then you're not going to get more than what you paid for it. But if it's been taken care of and it's playing well, then you might get more than you would if you had neglected it, but no manner of upgrade, unless it is so significant, like putting PAFs in an, like a reissue that'll yeah. do it. Like but otherwise, PAFs. yeah, like yeah. real uh, PAFs that would help. But otherwise, no, it won't. It won't. Yeah, add value to it. It's like it's like someone trying to sell a parts caster guitar for the cumulative value of all the parts. Yeah, it just doesn't work like that. No one cares. No, no one, one cares. You can because you can buy a Fender. Yep. That's built probably better. Yep. For less money, <laughs> so you yep. know we've talked about this in the show before. Be very careful about buying parts casters. Very careful because. Just because it has nice parts doesn't mean that it was built correctly and doesn't right. mean that it's a good guitar. And I think the last thing I would want to say when it comes to selling anything, uh, make sure you take good pictures. And in those pictures, if you're going to show your feet, put on some damn shoes. Oh, God, please. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, that's like, OK, YouTube pet peeve. Please don't do a pedal video without shoes on. Like with your white crew socks, come on! Oh God! Or just That's bare, not, bare feet. Just oh met a big toe coming. Click. <laughs> awful! It's so awful. <laughs> Don't do that. Do not do that. Uh, yeah, the bare feet and the picture thing. Um, yeah, take good pictures. Yeah. Just I, you don't have to use a fancy camera. Just like no, use, your, use phone. your phone and and like be thoughtful. Show the details and and put up a lot of pictures. One thing I hate is like when you're looking at a guitar or something and there's like four pictures of the guitar. Yeah, take like, e- come on, man. Photos of every. It doesn't matter. Just take photos of everything. The frets. It makes me feel like you're hiding everything. something when you do that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I I've always uh, if you can go outside, ten and three, ten o'clock, three o'clock, the golden yep. hour, whatever, like. Perfect times to take pictures of guitars out in the yard or in your, you know, the part, the apartment parking lot. I've done all of yep. it and it makes a big difference. Yep. But yeah, no feet, uh, no feet. <laughs> yeah, man, this is going to be, I might, I might, I might be uh, selling some pedals and trying to get an OM28. I've been wanting an OM28 mm. for years and years and years. Yeah. Ever since I went to music school, there's a guy named Andrew I went to music school with that had a Clapton signature OM28 and that, that guitar, his 
OM sounded amazing. The Clapton sounded amazing. And the John Mayer ones are really good. They're, They're really essentially good. the same guitar, right? Yeah, I think there's some They're super close. differences. I don't know. It may be like the, the bracing might be shifted or something, but I, I'm not entirely sure. You yeah. want a shill, baby? You want a shill? Let's shill, baby, shill. Come on, man. Hell yeah. Ow! Ow! Let's do it. All right. Tilly's you go first. You, you, I'm like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> you you, Me you first? made mention of it. Yeah. Cause, yeah. So. I, I'm actually prepared this week, everyone. I, I okay. I thought about it. This is this is a cool um, story. So does does everyone know Robert Hart Lost in Crystal Canyons on Instagram? Yes. Um, if you don't, you should. Uh, he posts amazing photos of, of stuff. Um, but a few weeks ago, when I was in Kansas City, and Josh and I did that video on um, forgotten boutique overdrives, we talked about the hot cake. Um, Robert sent me a message because the hot cake is from New Zealand, and he said, "Do you want one?" And I was like yes uh, how much do you want for it and he said no cost i love your channel i've gotten a lot from your channel over the years let me just give you one as a thank you and that was amazing and so um he shipped it it took like three weeks to get here because it came from yeah. the other side of the world um but this is it it's got the i don't know if that this matters the paper on the back um mm. but that's a newer one yeah uh, i was playing it this week and i mean damn this this overdrive pedals there's so many of them out there and so many of them just do the same thing right it's yeah. the same kind of sound it's like okay it's a tube screamer or it's a blues breaker it's whatever this is one of the few drive pedals that i've played over the years that truly does its own thing and i really like the thing that it does it's got this top in like sizzle and and just kick that I'm really, really digging. Huh. Um, yeah. So I know it's a, you know, these people know about these. They've been around forever. They're cool. Um, this is one, not this one, because I'm going to try and keep it in as original condition as possible. But um, this is a circuit that I want to have in uh, on my pedal board at some point. Yeah. So I'm looking at the schematic. It's like a single op amp. Uh, does it have, I don't even think it has clipping diodes. It might just be, this all op amp clipping. You know what? I'm noticing a trend because the Drive-O-Matic is the same way. It's op amp clipping. There's no clipping diodes, and I love the Drive-O-Matic. Oh, uh oh, love it. This is a so horribly schematic. I think I've I've discovered something new about myself, you guys. Then uh, I I know what I can do in your tube screamer that I'm going to mod one of these days. Just take the clipping diodes out. Yeah. Wait. Is this one? No. Yeah, I can. And that's because that's the thing on the plumes, you know, the middle setting. Oh, on yeah. The plumes as with no clipping diodes. And that was my favorite setting. Well, there you go. Well, there it so, is. Here there I am. It is. Yeah. So the hot cake, um, they're expensive now, I think. Let me see. They're not, uh, you can still get them new. The guy that makes them uh, still makes them. Uh, and you can find them on reverb. He lists them new on there. So, oh, yeah. 179. That's not yeah, they're bad. not bad. They're not. 190 but see people are upselling them like look here's one for 179 um and then 199 399 hold on what, <laughs> what the yeah, hell it is looks this like, it 95 like mid lift toggle goop the, removed is, does this one have the goop let's find out let's crack open another oh, pedal gosh it's time yeah the, the earlier ones are a little simpler they just have like a tone switch i don't think they even have a tone knob but uh but yeah, the cool circuit. I need to I need to mess with it. I need to try one. 
Listen, I've who always says wanted you need to. clipping diodes, you know? I like clipping diodes, but um, who am I? Well, while you're doing that, I might do my shill of the week. Yeah, do your shill, and then we'll we'll go back to my shill. So mine's super simple. Wait, and I, need I, to, think, I can't see you. Hold on. <laughs> mine's wait. super simple, and it's something that I think everyone everyone needs. Um. Oh, a, humidifier gauge. Yeah, like checking a humidity meter. Thing. That's not. I did not call that the right thing. <laughs> That's so, not a humidifier. <laughs> so it's this is just a little meter thing that you can buy um on amazon they're super cheap and it's just a handy thing to have in your guitar room yep. so you know you can check the humidity levels um it's a little low in my house right now the temperature has fluctuated and so the uh, it's it's, a, it's not as wet as it should be for a guitar i think the typical range is about hygrometer um uh is around 45% humidity right. for most instruments. So that's cool. Yeah. I have one too. They're great. Uh, it's currently 74 degrees and 35% in my room at the moment. Little dry. Little, little dry. Do, I, do, do, you, do you worry about the humidity? I never worry about humidity yeah. in my space. Well, so oddly enough, when I got my, my Novo, um, I just left it out. Like, and, and then this happens with new guitars, especially new, yep. you know, new guitars, the, the fingerboard shrank a little bit and the fret end sprouted. Yep. Um, I just took it back over there. They fixed it. Any competent tech can, can do that, but it's something that have, happens. And then, you know, we have a bunch of vintage, well, a bunch, we have two vintage acoustics. So it's something I like to, the, the, to at least keep in my brain. I keep acoustics in their cases and I keep them unified in the I, case. I do that as well. So, Acoustics, yeah, I'm way more sensitive to. Electrics, I just kind of leave out. And Electrics are, you know, the fingerboard can can be a problem. Uh, if you over-humidify, you can also damage your electronics. Your pots can get scratchy. That can be a problem, but it's just something to think about. And I think it's something that you have no excuse not to get one of these because they're, like, so cheap on, on Amazon. So Yeah, that's a great that's a great shill. People yeah. do need to be doing that. Um, not gooped. These are no, goop-free. I, I think the new ones are, yeah. Yeah. Uh, interestingly though, Robert has a lot of the prototypes of these, yeah. <laughs> which have got to be worth some money. Super neat. Yeah. Super neat. Cool circuit though. I'm into it. All right. <sighs> well, here we are. Made this it through another it. one. We've done uh, it. Last week, the audio podcast didn't go up un- until yet Thursday because Libsyn, for whatever reason, I uploaded the MP3, but I must have scheduled it before it was uploaded or something and it didn't screw it up day in the thing it was so annoying but way to go i'll do, I'll do better i'll do better i I'll promise do better. should i just i mean this has the rub the like rubber pad does that matter should i just pull that off and put stool no, lock just, down yeah just take it off use it okay okay there's no okay. point in okay jesus calm down i thought you weren't a collector i'm not a collector but i didn't know if like the, this was you know worth something or not you know it if you have a problem with it, I probably have an extra base plate and I can send it to you and you can just put a different base plate on that it. That would be cool. That go. might be a vibe. Yeah. It'd, it might be, be, the sil- vibe. It'd, it'd be aluminum. It'd be like raw aluminum. Aluminium. Aluminium. Uh, yeah, that might be, that might be what I, cause this is the type of um, like foam that won't come off. It'll, it'll leave oh, that layer of residue on there, which uh-huh. sucks. Yeah. It's just, it's Nobody glue and animal hair. <laughs> Ugh, gross. Yes, yeah, a so. nice pedal. Hot cake. Nice. Hot cake. All right, everyone. Well, this has been Dipped in Tone. I've been Rhett. I've been Zach. Thanks for watching, listening. Remember to like and subscribe. Do yep. all the things. Somebody just flushed the toilet in my house, so we'll end on uh, that. 
See ya.